If you were watching closely, there was a clue. Got the million dollar check written already. I mean, I'm, I'm the winner. My wife and kids have definitely saved me from my demons. Last time I played like a cop, this time I'm playing like a criminal. I don't need to be carried. The girls are coming together and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can and then we're devouring them. I guess my nickname's Fabio. Each new day I get out here is a blessing. Because I was only supposed Welcome to, to the Winners Edit, so a survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. Go Cowboys! <laughs> it's time for a truth kamikaze. It's episode 12, the penultimate episode of Survivor Season 41. And what I feel a- like this is a special <laughs> time of year. Like every Survivor season, this is the time. I feel like these episodes, like the penultimate uh, peril episode, is. <laughs> always amazing because of like the weird insistence survivor has on like just like diverting everybody's stories the episode before the finale like i feel like that's like a trend that has been going on for 20 years now and it's uh it's always a fun fun little mix up Mm -hmm. yeah there was a lot of i don't know it was there was definitely could tell that with like sudden heather focus and like um all sorts of stuff but it did feel more normal than usual just because these are some of the lesser known characters so yeah i don't know this was not a standout episode to me by any means no um I 100% agree. Like, to me, this was, like, this is kind of, like, a boring episode. Like, and I hate to uh, use the boring word there, you know, the the B word. But it was just, it was, it was nothing, right? It was, I feel like it was kind of the expected result, almost, uh, without too much intrigue. I did like a couple things they did. I am jazzed for the finale. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, um, definitely. But- like, I think we have some fun takeaways to talk about, but it's always a it's always a weird episode. This mm-hmm. second last one, yeah. Um, I guess what do you make of this choice, right? Like, I think thinking back, like, uh, kind of infamous ones like this with like uh, Cyril Asina going hard negative the episode before the finale in Game Changers. I feel like Tommy got like a little bit of um negativity there. I remember our first season. That's the episode where Wendell uh gets kind of made fun of for just helping around camp all day and not talking to people like like what do you take of that editing practice like successful weird tradition that they're holding on to for for no reason what what's the case there joe i think sometimes it's just helpful to shake it up at this time maybe things are going pretty boringly like i i think here for example that group of four is staying together pretty closely and yeah they probably would have voted ricard out but when they don't have that opportunity they're still going to go for one of Danny and Deshaun. So sort of whatever pattern the game has fallen into, I think they want to sort of at least make the the feel of the episode a little different. But I don't know, it is often kind of weird. I don't know if it's also them trying to be a little like, making a second guess on ourselves um which sometimes it works but it, it's such a pattern now that it feels like we expect it we're like oh we got to take everything in this episode with a grain of salt because who knows what they're doing here yeah to me this feels like it honestly probably is something that they consciously think about just because of the just the commonality of it right like i feel like if mm-hmm. this was just an accident uh you wouldn't see it basically season after season like we do right now uh which i don't know to me it's so weird so i as the listeners probably know i I hint at this every now and then throughout the show i'm a big fan of professional wrestling and a practice they do uh in the wrestling business is um 
basically whenever uh, a show will go to a performer's hometown, so say it's John from David vs. Goliath's hometown, uh, they'll have him lose in a humiliating way. And that's just like uh, a decade-long tradition of just humiliating people in their hometown for some reason as part of their storytelling devices. I feel like that's similar here. Like, the second-last episode, they're gonna make the characters look weird yeah it's like something bizarre that they think is the right choice to make but us on the audience side we're still kind of like why are you doing this like we know you're gonna do it and it still doesn't make sense so yeah but yeah uh overall like i thought this was a you know a fun little fun little jaunt of an episode um like i feel like we've we kind of talked about it. it was like recap and then I do like they're maintaining their consistency of showing fallout from the tribal before. Mm-hmm. Add some continuity. Makes you feel like it was it meant something that you watched the tribal council last week. Yeah, especially for such a, a big moment. It was nice to get a plethora of opinions on it from almost everyone who's left. Curious who didn't get to say anything, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I mean, I think based on what I'm saying there, like, in a way, I mean, I'm going to be fairly critical, I think, of people like Ricard this week. But I mean, this is the tis the season of the the weird um, trashing of winners and in, in that sort of thing that we've seen throughout history. So um, definitely interesting to get excited to get uh, jumping in that way. Uh, we have another episode title from Xander. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, he he's probably the king of the episode titles at this point, right? Yeah, he's had quite a few, and uh, Betraydar was his, and all sorts of stuff. And they keep coming really late into the episode. Yeah, like I, I feel like I often will do a thing where like, like, what was the what was the title of the episode again? Like I'm trying to think of it. I mean, and then while the episode is playing, and then it, like it immediately plays. I'm like, oh yeah, but it often happens so late. I think that happened with Who's Who in the Zoo, and yeah, they've just been so late that it, it there's me yeah out. yeah that's like it's a it's a new era joe they're they're just gonna take episode titles from the last either the last confessional before tribal or at tribal seems to be or jeff probes seems to be the yeah and it was weird because i rem- i had looked at it and i was like i feel there's this like half feeling that heather could go home this episode like was it something yeah that could arise because of heather i mean it didn't but joe i agree I was watching this episode, and, like, Heather gets a little bit of shine. Like, we were pretty critical of her last week. Episode opens, um, and pretty soon after, we have an actually, I think, somewhat empowering, I think, still a little... Still a little yikes from Heather, I think, but uh, <laughs> like, like I would have never thought about this. Um, but you know, it, it's kind of presented almost uh, similar to those Natalie White scenes in Survivor Samoa with her, you know, praying with glue and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a very. I mean, maybe that's part of the penultimate episode editing weirdness. Like this episode made Heather seem capable and slightly threatening. Like, yeah, Heather came off like a jury threat in this episode. Yeah, right? like. like a subplot was that Heather could steal votes away from Erica if she makes it to the end. Which seems preposterous based on mm. the, what, uh, 11 prior episodes. But <laughs> I feel like I, and I mean, hats off, I guess, to the editors, because I now can buy a world where they do have to vote out Heather. Um, mm-hmm. It just took a couple of those scenes with her, like, having being shown having a conversation. Funny yeah. how that works. But, uh, and you can kind of see where, like, 
you could get a little nervous, I guess, about someone like Heather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know. I was kind of perplexed, but still, I don't know, I feel like the stuff we have seen before doesn't make it feel like Heather's an actual competent player who's done stuff throughout the game, yeah. especially in the same way that Erica has. No, I totally agree with that, Joe. And this episode really brought me, me the v- as a viewer, through a roller coaster. I went from, oh my goodness, Heather's getting content. This looks really good to, is she going to quit? <laughs> I like before the immunity challenge, she has a confessional where she says like, you know, um, I, I really need to start doing more. And um, what was it? Uh, she says something along the lines of, I hate seeing my friend hurt. But glad it was revealed so I understand something that oh, yeah. I didn't even know it was right in front of me. I'm glad I'm a part of this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I needed to be here. This was my time. I'm like, oh, she's going to step aside so that someone like Deshaun can win. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. I thought we were getting the Ben Dreeper again uh, from last season situation happening. Did yeah, that was- go through your mind at all, Joe? I think I, I just had more of the idea that she was going to get eliminated somehow. Like, yeah. like I think when we were talking during the episode, you said she felt very Sunday from Millennials versus Gen X. And I was like, oh, that kind of adds up here. So, um, so yeah, but it, I mean, it didn't happen, which is all the more stranger. Yeah, it it's so like, weird. It's like one of those episodes like we talked about with Evie or Shan or someone where it's like they either go or they win. But what do you do when the person is Heather? <laughs> right no it's it's super weird especially when she's like she literally says this was my time i want this season to make a difference like I, to me that i, I don't know i will get into what we think's gonna happen in the finale but i haven't put away the idea that heather might quit i i think hmm. that is a a non-zero percent chance that heather's gonna step aside to let make this season have have a difference it's been a season so much about identity and those lines were very like directly to the camera very i i I don't know i don't know how else you get rid of heather unless she's a losing finalist but now that seems hard to imagine for me i think she could still lose i don't know i feel like wouldn't make sense for her to quit. I don't know. I'd be really shocked if that happened and and kind of disappointed. And it's, it's such a weird story that they would tell because like it's quiet, but it is this constant theme of never giving up. And then at the very end, she does give up essentially. But yeah. I guess maybe if it's like a, a very heroic giving up. I mean, Ben got edited fairly positively for for effectively mm-hmm. quitting, right? And but I mean, it's Ben Dreberg and Heather Altra, like very yeah. different people. Yeah, but I mean, maybe it's I don't know. It's it's a theory I have. I don't know how how realistic it is, but yeah, when Heather wasn't even an option on the table, like after the immunity challenge, like the Heather danger seems to completely dissipate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very weird that this vote ended up so so majority focused in that like um, Danny and Deshaun are voting for each other instead of like yeah. pursuing alternate plans. Like <laughs> it was they, super weird. Like they could have yeah. tied it on someone else if they voted together. Mm-hmm. It would have been a th- you know two two two, but. Yeah. Um, maybe you can convince somebody in the 11th hour. I don't know. I did think that scene was really good. Like, there were... That's the thing. Is like, this was kind of a just a standard, okay episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did think there were a couple moments that were exceptional. I think that um, the scene between uh, Deshaun and Erica was really great. But then I also think the scene between Danny and Deshaun at the end. Like, the Danny confessing that he's actually a professional athlete 
Mm-hmm. Paid off so well. Yeah, yeah. There were there were interesting scenes where they were having these one on one conversations, and I think a lot of it felt so tangential to the strategy and game at play. I think that's why it makes it just a very okay episode instead of a really great episode. But those individual scenes were good. Yeah, and like to me, like I I said at the start of the show, but like the go cowboy stuff, all that stuff does elevate it for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I'll remember this this episode, right? Like it's the episode where. Danny, who ended up being, I think, a phenomenal survivor character. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they they downplayed him a little bit throughout the season, but I think this is actually an example of, despite that, still actually being a really well-told survivor story, right? Like, mm-hmm. he uh, comes in wanting to win all the challenges, changes his mind, decides he wants to be more strategic. We see a more strategic version of Danny as we go throughout, all the way to actually confessing he is a professional athlete. Um... <laughs> And saying goodbye to his his good pal Deshaun, I thought it was uh, like actually pretty pretty emotional for me. Yeah, that last scene with him saying "Go Cowboys" and winking was so beautifully framed. Like I was like, did they like reshoot this? <laughs> like, because it I felt can oh yeah, getting that right on the first try. <laughs> yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree there. Um, and then so a couple of other things of this episode, so. Uh, we have a reward challenge. Uh, they go off. We learn more intriguing questions about Xander's diet. Yeah, like, was it mentioned ever? Because he's, like, paleo, right? Like, Yeah. But I feel like it's always just like, oh, Xander, this is so good for your diet. Oh, me and Xander can split this veggie pizza. Like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's ever been mentioned. I, um, and we were kind of asking that in a, in a group chat. And I, I guess apparently he is paleo. But it is just a funny thing to just have people, like, kind of remark and hint at what his his eating style is throughout the season. <laughs> I think that's, like, a fun little mystery. Joe, here's my theory. That's the monster. The, the monster of the season has never been <laughs> brought up a single time in the season. It, it's Xander's diet. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get through that without snickering a little. So um, I don't know. Just, yeah, very, very strange to highlight it. Like, I don't know if it's like there's all this serious discourse going around with like race and gender and identity. And Xander has none of that, as he said himself last episode. So they're just like, look at his unique diet. Yeah, I I did think it was, was that this week or last week where Xander says he has no identity or or something like that? I thought that was kind of funny, but um, there's also... uh, Back to the food thing. Um, there's multiple confessionals this season of him burping on camera too. <laughs> like this is like a deliberate long-term story. Like Xander's diet and like gastrointestinal situation, I feel like has more coverage than Heather this season. Yeah, he's just a very food-based. Like whenever he wins a reward and you go to that scene. It's always Xander giving, like, the details of it and talking about how good it is and how happy he is to have won it. So, with added sound effects where where necessary. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, And, okay, so I do want to talk about... So, I watched this with my girlfriend this week, uh, this episode, and she really didn't like it because... And, and I think it's kind of relevant to what we talk about every week. Uh, she basically said all the characters she likes are already gone. And mm-hmm. uh, we're left with the character, like, basically kind of um, in the same way that I think caused disarray on the edgic community. Uh, you know, my girlfriend, she's not into into the edgic of it all or anything like that. She likes Survivor. She watches it. Um, you probably consider, like, hardcore in terms of strategy, but uh, not so much in terms of, like, she'll never watch an episode more than once or anything like that. Um, and, yeah, her takeaway was, like, 
she doesn't really care about any of the people left. Um, she likes Ricard, but feels like he isn't on the show that much. Like she wants to know more about who he is. Other than that, feels kind of detached. And I, I guess what what do you make of that kind of thing, Joe? Like, do you think this is something that they've kind of botched? the the season a little bit so i think it is a case where all, i mean we talked about how in episode three all the characters who are left were not there they they definitely focused on other characters and maybe it's just a case where focusing on them really brought out the strong points when they could and then we're left with this but i feel like there's lots of moments where we could have focused more on who's left um more stuff from their perspective like i feel the maybe the biggest case is xander just a lot of times where he should be getting content as the last member of yasa like in a really tight bind on yasa but like we didn't get anything and yep. i think that would have been an interesting case to recontextualize it maybe i mean yeah maybe the situation wasn't as bad for him on yasa as we thought it to be but like show that sort of in a chrissy um episode two of triple h way uh, instead they were just like nope no content for you and now we we have these people who have these gaps and we just don't we don't care about them as enough, enough as we should because right. no one's been treated with that full edit. I mean, even Deshaun has gaps and it's like so inconsistent. Like, I think a lot of people really struggled with this episode because they didn't like the things that Deshaun was doing here. Um, like it's sort of, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Deshaun is a worse player than I, than we thought he was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just inconsistency and lack of content, I think is really making people have a hard time. And it's weird to have done that because I don't know, I guess you're on the end episodes, but you still want people to watch CBS. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's super weird. Right. And I think that there's a, there's an element that is weird because so obviously you and I, the people listening to the show right now, we're hardcore in a way that we make charts and we track who's there and who's not. And it's a very more like methodical approach to what regular fans who just watched the show realize, but maybe not so blatantly, they'll maybe recognize like, hmm, Xander's kind of fallen off or Hmm, I don't really care that much about Xander because he only seems to matter sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's not as blatant as like, oh, in episode four and five, he's not there uh, and he has a UTR or whatever. It's like, oh, but like I was, I, I, I got really invested in Shan and Liana and um, all these people that were, were there all the time. And inherently you start to like people more when you see them more consistently and across episodes. So when we're at the final five and no, none of these people have been consistent in all the episodes. You're like, okay, like, I, I don't, like, I like some of these people, but I, I don't love them. It's like, mm -hmm. um, you know, friends, like, you might like them, the show friends. I Like, you might like Ross or Rachel or whoever in season one, but, like, the reason that Friends was powerful or whatever was that by season 10 everybody has their own favorites and least favorites and everything like that i don't even really like that show but you can see why people grow fondness for these characters because that's 10 years um where, where they're spending all this time with them um with, with the characters whereas here it's like oh that person seems cool but like they're not a character to me they're they're a person who popped up halfway through and, and i didn't know i was supposed to fall in love with them in in the same way i, I do think that's going to be when we look back the failure of this season they didn't invest time in these people other than deshaun really 
And holy cow, was he having to do the, like, heavy lifting on every front this week in the narrative like i think that was the the part where i was like i think they messed up uh deshaun was having to be the underdog the emotional core the overdog who's overconfident like he's the Mm -hmm. only character on the show left yeah everyone else is very like i don't know like plain chicken breast if we're getting all paleo about it like they're very boring there's like no flavor to them and i've been thinking about it while you were talking and like i think a pro or an issue that they may have had is if you look at merge onward who went like sydney tiffany nasir evie shan liana it's like all those characters are super super vital to telling the story of the pre-merge like and i guess they're captivating yeah and they're the captivating ones i think you can fit in more xander more ricard definitely um deshaun obviously had those moments but then when your other people are Danny, Erica, and Heather, like, you just don't have time to give to those people, like, who aren't as big a factor in anything that's going on. And I mean, they're, all three of those people are on a tribe that didn't go to tribal council, so. Yeah. No, and, like, that's the thing, like, that's tricky. Like, that need to, let's say Danny, boot order might be one of the best back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back list of castaways they've ever had. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. a really eclectic and energetic group of folks and yeah they're they're not here and in this episode like i would say deshaun's the only one who's a who's a three-dimensional character right like like erica has a couple confessionals in this week and she repeats herself in them like she's only in this episode for like a couple minutes effectively but like she says um it's a new opportunity sorry it's a new life it's a new reward and a new which causes new life and new life for me and a new opportunity. She says that twice in this episode. Like they, they can't get too like it's the same confessional spliced twice in in 44 minutes. Like you mm-hmm. can tell they're struggling with these people to get good content on the screen. And I I think that yeah, like I, I maybe the answer is I think the answer is probably put more on Ricard. I, I yeah. feel like he's captivating, right? Mm-hmm. And just being undershown for some reason. But like they're stuck in this rut where the final five is a bunch of people who aren't that fleshed out, and and Deshaun who is, but is super mixed and isn't like a audiences don't respond well to uh inconsistency yeah thinking i'm looking at my chart right now and i realized with danny leaving before episode 10 where shan went and i switched to just erica as my contender everyone else on my contenders list is between like from nasir to danny like no one else has ever made it onto my list and like tiffany was i mean even a popular consideration so they just lost all of these big characters so quickly and i think that did make it really hard for them yeah um to come to this finale and i think that's also a big importance why there's so much dissent like i feel the sort of big thing on the edge subreddit right now is like why why doesn't any why don't you all see that it's clearly x why? and then x yeah. is one of three people that it could yep. be <laughs> um which is fun right and like theoretically this should be like this awesome thing where you're like oh my god is it erica is it heather or is it <laughs> ricard or deshaun like and there's like these fun things and it's like oh i love these people and like erica's so cool because she was this this slam and now she's a lion and, and she's doing all these cool things and like oh was that one thing she said so funny uh and deshaun it's like this awesome story of you know struggling with identity but still wanting to play the game and having these moments of like really dark moments happening but being able to recover 
and like never stop hustling like the three d's like awesome and like but you, you don't have that like it's erica was not there in the beginning mm-hmm. you know, she's there from the middle onward and deshaun comes off as like he doesn't know what's happening and ricard's not on the show sometimes which one's less bad yeah. like it's not who's the most exciting not who you love the most not who you can't wait to see succeed it's uh i guess one of these people's winning and i really do think they dropped the ball um and i think the answer there is really putting more spotlight especially on ricard and xander who like i think deshaun i think his story is actually well fleshed out i i, I don't have many notes there um but Xander should be every single kid and casual fan's favorite player ever. And Ricard should be every Reddit nerd, um, strategy lover's favorite player. Mm-hmm. I think you could have got I think you could have gotten there by this point. And I really think they dropped the ball on those two characters specifically. Um and maybe Heather too. Like I, I think you could make an argument there for Heather as well. But um, those two especially are charismatic and interesting, and and they I think they completely completely bungled it. I don't think these are good versions of what these characters should look like. Um, not well drawn out at all. You cannot say like what's the most important thing in the world to Xander. I don't think you know other than other than food <laughs> and only certain types of food. Yeah, nondescript <laughs> uh, portion of food. He needs veggie pizza, but yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, so. Th- I think when we will do like a, a an autopsy of the season next week. Um, but I, I feel like that's going to be the thing is these, like, I feel like it's grinding to a halt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I won't be fully excited for whoever wins. It feels very like a long, hard fought battle and I'm exhausted from like trying to figure this out as opposed to, yeah, I don't know. Like, excited no i think that's i think that's an excellent point um so yeah no um i think that's good um and so (laughs) we we, we've talked a lot about the idea of um like the heather reveal right like what if heather wins what if somehow heather wins and we got a good question from a listener uh i did not grab the name of the listener but i will do that in while i ask the question so (laughs) flashback to pearl islands um basically the the idea of the heather reveal being we get to the finale and it's like a avant-garde exploration of all these little times when heather's not talking what she was actually thinking right and it's it's like uh the end of a mystery movie the end of knives out and you find out who did it um and the question there would be, do we see, like, if if you were to do that with Pearl Islands, if Will wins, would you have seen, uh, like, would would the audience have known about the Outcast twist before the challenge? What do you think, Joe? I know that's tricky because it's so far back, but I guess it's wanting us to think. And it's Weyenberg, by the way. I have it up. Um, Weyenberg is the person who asked this question. Um, but sort of thinking in a contemporary season of Pearl Islands, I think I think there's it could go both ways. I think you do reveal it to sort of set people up for it. You get opportunity to show in this case like nicole and ryan being like this is so challenging like how am i gonna cope with not being allowed in um and then when lil and them come in the relationships are made and you do that and i think it's helpful to bolster why she wins i think on the other hand you can do it as a complete surprise and i think that is almost analogous to possibly what we're seeing in this season um where if you think it's erica the hourglass twist is a complete surprise mm-hmm. um and it's just this total shock um but i think with doing that you get 
sort of what we got from Erica, which is like, this is a complete game changer. I now have a new life and I'm changing how I play this a little bit. And that sort of complements perfectly with her interactions with Savage in that season. And I 100% endorse everything you said there. Yeah, I think I think the, the way to do it is I think you do it still as a surprise. You just show it more as like, maybe you show the decision of like how she was able to get all these eliminated people to want her to go back in the game. I know that I think the what the survival lore is that they just didn't want to go on a trip with her or something. I think you'd probably cut that part, make it sound, <laughs> sand off some of those edges, uh, and then just show like that she's able to connect with people when when they're voted out. I think that's what you would do. Like, um, and that's what they did with Chris Underwood, right? Like the story was how this guy screwed up his one chance to play Survivor, his perfect game. Oh wait, just kidding. There's another chance, and he's actually really good now. Um, that's basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little bit of a pedantic way to put Chris Underwood's winner story, right? It's this obsession about not playing the perfect game. And then that's why he comes back in and is so bold, so willing to make the moves that need to be made. Um, so much so that they say that uh, his, his what, 10 days were better than Galvin's 36 or 39. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, definitely, definitely good question. Thanks for him. Um, yeah, I want to add one other thing. I think the tricky thing in evaluating stuff like this is that when there are big twists, we haven't seen a lot of winners win because of them. Like yeah. every Redemption Island season, the winner has never gone to Redemption Island. Um, the the biggest, only one's Chris. Well, and that's Edge of Extinction. That's a different twist. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, the other, the biggest one I can think of is Triple H. Maybe where like we had that fire making tiebreaker. You mean the the uh, the challenge advantage that Chrissy won? I just said fire-breaking tie-maker, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff totally said fire-making tie-breaker when it's just the fire-making challenge. Like, no yeah. tie is being broken, Jeff. You could have a regular vote. Yeah. But anyway, so what, what did you say? Because I got so distracted by me misspeaking and then... <laughs> um, so, I mean, in, on that note, it's like... Uh, ba- I kind of lost my point there as well. But uh, so basically, yeah, I mean, I think that we saw it with um, in, in Triple H... But that was so glossed over and they tried to present it as Chrissy won something, which was the most preposterous thing I've ever seen uh, to this day on Survivor was Chrissy like, oh, and not only did you win immunity, the final immunity challenge, you also won an advantage. And then her (laughs) having to sit there and read and you just see the look on her face realizing she lost a million dollars. was just a beautiful television Mm -hmm. and that's being ironic it was terrible (laughs) um yeah no that's the thing is you're right like the 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 question is like we don't we've we haven't really ever seen the opposite and so it's hard to know right like maybe edge of extinction looks the exact same if chris doesn't win we really don't know but uh i'm definitely excited to see if this season if erica wins this is it they've sort of offered it to us and i think i mean we'll talk about it later but i'd be more surprised that they didn't really well i guess they did glow it up and that they gave it two episodes and considered it a worthwhile cliffhanger but like i don't know it felt like it could have been more but this is the approach they chose to take so i don't know how much you could have gl- uh glammed that up to be honest like <laughs> I-, I think they did a pretty good job with what it was like mm-hmm. or maybe not good job but they they did a they did a lot they did a lot not necessarily good stuff there but um <laughs> Yeah, a good question. As always, you can always, uh, we post this show on Reddit. Uh, join the discussion, everybody. Uh, we always have a fun time there in the comments. 
Um, so thanks for so much for that. Uh, we also have like a good analysis there. I definitely recommend reading uh, the full thing. But basically, uh, uh, user Emily Pandemonium, friend of the show, uh, made an awesome, awesome post about the how to view survivor relationships in complexity. And the the debate was basically viewing the show uh, under themes or viewing it under relationships. And I I, I think she kind of calls me out a little bit as being very on the theme side. Uh, and I mean, yeah, 100%. My, my background's in narrative. Um, will always be somebody chasing chasing the story. Um, but for me, it's also... It, it, themes, relationships, it's, to me, it's the same thing, right? My, my takeaway from this week was actually that we should have been viewing this season as a story about Erica and Deshaun a lot sooner than we did. Um, and I think when we look back at this season, reg- honestly, regardless of who wins... I think that's that was there. I think that evidence was in the pudding, like uh, in, in in those ingredients were there, and they did a good job setting it up. It just happened started in episode four, and so we didn't like. I, I think I don't think many people predicted it would last till now, but I really do think that is the complex duo of the season was Erica and Deshaun. Hmm, okay, I think the way I look at it is you're right in that, in the same way we've been saying Erica isn't just all of a sudden, like, a winner contender. Like, yes, they set this up early. <laughs> like, it wasn't so surprising that um, Erica's now someone who's in a good spot to win, and she has this long-existing relationship with Deshaun. I think the tricky thing is when with the gift of that hindsight, we can sort mm-hmm. of be like, oh, it was there. And it wasn't just another Nasir and Sydney story or other stuff happening on Luvu that didn't matter. Um, yeah, I think that's another big challenge here is that if if Erica wins, there's a lot of stuff to be looked at in terms of like, what do you do on a three-tribe season where the winner comes from a tribe that never goes to tribal pre-merge? And like a lot, like those relationships don't really matter intensely. You get the slew of the people who did matter going all early pre-merge. Like it's, it's a once in a lifetime season. I mean, in the way all seasons are, once in a lifetime but i think there's more weird qualifiers to the season and make it tricky to evaluate and not for nothing and they were going to get voted out if they went Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think it's another huge qualifier there for sure uh that is just like it's so interesting but yeah like i I think that in 100 we have the gift of hindsight to know this isn't something that causes one of them to leave the next week right like that's a huge thing knowing that they both make the merge even is huge but like we have an episode i think it's an episode four erica say me and deshaun were the only ones really playing the game uh like we're the two who are really thinking about this uh deshaun sells out erica to sydney you have that whole dynamic going they try to throw there there's a lot there that i think everybody just sort of assumed would be paid off quickly but they're both in the finale and i think last night with Danny leaving and the like I think the moment that sealed the deal there was uh after Danny has been eliminated and Erica taps uh Deshaun on the knee and says see we're still pals or whatever like whatever that line was was like oh that's what they've been doing all season they've been setting up for that moment of payoff right there 
where Deshaun and Eric could go at it right before the finale. Yeah, I mean, you got to think this episode has to be framed where any tribal councils that happen before pre-merge don't matter because there's one person left from both of those tribes. So <laughs> the only things that can define it from that early in the season are then anything that happened like at summits or cross-tribal, which I think also is all axed at this point, or like like the Luvu stuff that we saw. That wasn't at Tribal. So, so yeah, I think wiping all the Yasa and Ua stuff away, that stuff is still here. And Deshaun and Erica stuff dominated Luvu at that point. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And, like, we'll talk about them more later. But, yeah, I really think that that's something that, like, that's a relationship that I, I, I kind of missed out on. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, we, we see through the themes and everything like that kind of getting to a similar idea. It's just uh, not exactly the perfect lineup there. And we'll do, we're going to talk a lot about Erica's relationships or lack thereof and what that means moving forward. But um, let's go here to, on the next time on... Uh, we did see the return of the new island, like the 39 twist. Uh, and I remember everybody hating that um, and the next time on in 39. But then I remember, and maybe this is blasphemy because I feel like everybody's saying they didn't like it, but I feel like that got stellar reviews actually in 39. Like everyone's like, the return of actually getting an idol hunt. Like, like I feel like that was actually fun with him being him being colorblind. So having to get people to point out the color and stuff with Tommy, like, like that was actually good. So I, I, I feel like people are misremembering how they felt about that moment in 39. What do you make of that, Joe? I feel like this twist is pretty harmless. Like, it's yeah. definitely contributing to the sense that even though it's only 26 days, this season is so hard. And, like, I don't know, I don't mind it. Because I think it is an interesting shakeup that allows for, for just a little bit of newness. It's not going to change too much, I honestly feel, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. I mean, maybe it'll be stupid, maybe it won't. I don't know. I, I kind of liked it in 39. I feel like most people kind of liked it in 39. That's why they're doing it again. Um, people said they liked it. They do actually listen to their fans, I think, for the most part. Um, even if they're not great at it, I think they try their best. Um, but yeah, um, any other like general thoughts on this episode, Joe? I don't think so. Perfect. Uh, so let's jump here into our themes of the season. Um, and I mean, this is basically our second last time we're going to go through these um, for this season. And I do want to say, I mean, all season, we basically have had the same list. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think that's awesome. Like, I think we did a really great job. And f- to their credit, I think the Survivor editors and narrative team have done a pretty stellar job here crafting a narrative uh, that that makes sense and is a bunch of disparate events happening but you actually, like, when I talk to my friends who aren't in, like, the narrative side of things, they're using the words that we're using here, just colloquially when they're co- talking about strategy or whatever. And I, I think that's really interesting. And you know, that, that shows that they actually did their job pretty well. Yeah, I think in a season where there's not as much ability to focus on relationships like this one, even if you, you're not a big Erica fan, I think across the board, there's there's just that problem. I think by sticking to themes and reiterating them so well and bringing up the same like choice words every time, I think that has really helped to at least give the season something to base around. Um, Yeah, at times it still does feel a little all over the place and scattershot, but everything is always tied back to these themes, which really helps for me at least. And I think in the bigger scheme of things for presenting a good story and a good season. Absolutely. And that's so the first one we'll talk about here is 
our idea of dangers, risk, probability. Um, and I mean, flashback to episode one, we're having people talk about the prisoner's dilemma. Uh, it's all over the episode. And here at the end of this episode, um, the, the exploration of the last narrative is basically, do I go after Ricard or leave him in the game um, because I trust him? Like that's like a, I think, clearly developed um, sort of line of thought between the players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how they frame that too, because I think you look at it from a numbers perspective, and if they vote out Ricard instead of Liana, then it's 3-3. That doesn't work out so nicely for um, Heather, Erica, and Xander. Um, but they always seem to phrase it as like, the idea of Z- Ricard the like threat to win versus like Ricard a person I trust and can help me get farther. Yeah, it's no, not for so sure. clear cut that like, not voting out Liana here would have given away my numbers. Right? No, absolutely. And yeah, I think it's really interesting that way, right? And how we actually kind of look at what probability looks like in this game. Uh, Deshaun this week says that since the do or die twist, he's had a new chance at life. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like that he comes out barreling with that kind of idea of like, Ever since the do or die thing, where I thought I was screwed, um, I'm going to have to be a newer, better me moving forward, right? And mm-hmm. like I said, they're having to do so much with Deshaun uh, in this week. Like, he-, he talks about now wanting to start winning um, and, like, how, like, all the, like, how beautiful the future is going to look like. And to me, this was pinging my my radar watching the episode i'm like is there a chance that that moment of back in episode six at the reward challenge with, with the jeff probst up dubbed in line of a survivor's player a survivor player's journey often comes down to a moment a luck of the draw could we be seeing that theme summed up in episode 12 like what happens if that moment of luck is in episode 12 and from now on we're seeing the new version of Deshaun. what do you make of that joe i think that's a valid thing to consider for sure because like yeah it all depends on where that moment of luck happens that could be day one it could be like as far as like day 25 here too um and yeah i think it's very important then to consider what it looks like before and after and are we totally happy with both sides of that and i think why deshaun's moment doesn't look as good as erica's moment is i think the before is not exactly what we're expecting and the after so far isn't now it's the penultimate episode so there's just weirdness there but still none of that is quite adding up to that but i think it's totally valid that that could just happen way later especially when they're including moments of luck so late in the season right which yeah that's a hundred percent a good point is to me is a little bit of a trick question because to me the answer was i was pretty sold until he took kind of a negative turn i think near the end of the episode right like mm-hmm. early on like honestly before the immunity challenge i was like oh my god is did we just miss that Deshaun actually had a huge moment of luck and we, you know, the money haul of it all and everything kind of clouded the fact that a very lucky thing just happened. That could be the act two for somebody who, who does have a consistent story. And the, the issue is that he, he turns negative by the end. It isn't this uh, beaming optimism leaving this week. That said, Deshaun did shoot up my rankings. Um, I really do think this is a two-horse race now, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think looking at 
who's left and what they've done. Yeah, Deshaun is one of those people who has had these moments and these themes too. Yep. Like, for to sure. Apply. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so much of this is like how much you want to toe the line to keeping Ricard in the game. Like, it's definitely interesting. Uh, but let's move here to our second theme which is, I think, the main event this week, is the idea of authenticity, representation, uh, what Survivor means to you, and this idea that Jeff Probst says uh, back at the Merge episode, where he says, I love the strategy in the game, but the most important thing is when someone is vulnerable and lets us watch. We see in the, the aftermath of last week's Tribal, Deshaun go on a little bit of a, uh, you know, explaining his perspective to her, right? He goes to Heather, he goes to Erica. Uh, both of them are, I think, pretty successful scenes narratively, but also kind of bridge this idea that, like, Deshaun, and I thought this was almost a little clumsy, it turns into, well, this story isn't actually necessarily about race, it's about all aspects of identity. And they definitely pivot it hard where he says something along the lines of it's not just race it's gender and then we get a we get a scene where erica basically says like she wants a woman winner and she wants it to be her Mm -hmm. i thought that was the most important scene in the episode yeah yeah for sure i think the thing about this season is that they always knew they had this race story coming up and i think if you look at how how much before those four actually meet up at the merge it's about just this general sense of authenticity and then once they're all together and they're controlling the game it's very much about their race and then now as it completely falls apart it's about like um different forms of authenticity and identity and so it makes me feel as though the point we're really supposed to consider is the idea as a whole, as opposed to seeing that one moment. It's sort of like looking at the different bigger story parts, but given how they focused on it all throughout the season, it's not just a, a theme about race it's about 100 too and that's the thing is we had like some back and forth because i guess inside baseball here what we do is we will watch the episode we'll watch it back and we'll try to extrapolate things that are repeating right like or or ideas that seem like they might be something episode one especially we go home through that try to find some foreshadowing ditch things that don't show up and we did have like a little bit of a back and forth of like is this like should we change this to race should we change should we keep it just authenticity Should it be about identity? And I think we wisely kept it as authenticity the whole way through because I think you're right. It's at different points of the season, depending who's in power, they have had it manifest in different ways. Whether that's Erica being alone on Exile Island, making fire, changing the course of history, or... Uh, whether it was, um, you know, early on Tiffany being kind of proud that she couldn't do the challenge well, you know what I mean? Like either way, it's been about knowing who you are and what you're actually good at and standing to, to who you are genuinely. And I think the fact that we saw this handover a little bit, right? Like it went from like, Hey, by the way, we're now going to also extend this to the women don't get credit in the end story Mm -hmm. as well. Like that we had kind of percolating around as a theme as well. It's now firmly inside this, inside this bucket. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We've seen, and I think the interesting thing is with CBS's devotion to a 50% people of color cast, the story here has been very much for better or for worse about blackness. And I think it's always been interesting as to see that Erica, 
and Ricard are still here, have still made it very far, and they're not getting that same sort of attention. And I think that's one of the bigger things where they've had their own separate story moments for various things. Um, Ricard's like hard of hearing this and what that does to his game. And you've seen that all throughout with um all sorts of different people. I think of like Nasir's growing up or or Erica in the hourglass. Like there are these moments outside of it. And I don't know, it's almost to tie that group of four to this one story weakens it for them. I don't know. That sounds probably really bad, but like they're not getting their own sort of bit on this story. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I think that totally makes sense. And yeah, I, I I do think that's something that we're gonna look back. Like, I think that's the weirdest part of this, right? Is it has been about specifically blackness. Um and yeah, Erica and Ricard have mentioned being people of color, but only in confessional on a very individual basis, right? Like Erica's it's when she's on exile and she talks about um like the the struggles of her life like that that um sort of uh breakdown is the only time it's really ever mentioned um you know that she is a person of color on this cast mm-hmm. as well right like um it, it is a little weird that and i don't i honestly can't make heads or tails of what they're doing there because now they're two front runners effectively like the show i think is positioning erica and ricard as the two front runners um are also people of color but like i you almost wouldn't know that from like if you were just listening to the show and, and forgot two confessionals you, you wouldn't even necessarily know that mm-hmm. and i think there's something interesting in the way this hasn't been the focus of the season since the very beginning i think to see it be so important to these four and then uh, maybe i'm forgetting something but i don't recall it being important in like the very early episodes that like yeah. and uh, once again it's a case of did they say it or not but like liana pointing out like who she can see on the other tribes in terms of shan or like danny and Desha- Sean coming together in that water scene or um, Shannon JD's potential relationship around that. Like, there are all these opportunities and I feel it's interesting that we didn't see that and instead got these more individually focused representations yeah. of authenticity. Yeah, and I, I really think that's, that's because of that. I think that this is actually a story about, um, we. there's a line um, that Jeff Probst says. Uh, I think it sums up the theme perfectly. I think it's really what the season is saying. It's, uh, and this is, um in a again in a reward challenge he says when you win survivor you can look back and say i earned every minute in this game even in challenges i didn't win i gave everything in the tank he says that line um that i think sums up what this is actually saying it's it it is a story that is a little bit about representation, but it's it's really about that you gave everything in the tank to try to win, even when things were difficult, even when things were hard. It's not supposed to be easy. Nothing ever is. Like and that there's a there's a gravitas and victory in pursuing things that are difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about last week about how these themes are much more connected. I think than. Mm-hmm. we may be a thought and we didn't we didn't seem to write it down i don't remember our big sort of headline for all of that but um but yeah it's sort of something where this episode focused a lot on heather's just like challenge performance and i feel 
Jeff could be a lot more scathing towards Heather as she performs in these challenges, but he's not. He's always being like, she's struggling, but she's struggled all season. So, <laughs> and just like, she keeps going on day 22. And I feel that could fit into this theme of sacrifice and determination and practice. But it also, it's very true to who Heather is. Like, she yep. has never made herself out to be better than what she actually is. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And uh, like part of this as well is, like, last week, Jeff Probe says, uh, you have to have the low to get the high. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it, like, all this stuff, I feel like, is going to pay off at Final Tribal. Like, it's going to be, like, the winners, I, I think the jury's going to take the final to task on how they struggled, I think, is, is a... Reasonable guess. <laughs> yeah, I just think that there's so much about discipline, dedication, that sort of thing, that really is summing up. They want somebody who is battle scarred almost, like has the has the warts to prove they went through it. Yeah, yeah, some sort of understanding of that their game wasn't always perfect or wasn't the smooth path to the end. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know. Once again, looking at the two front runners, I think it applies to them both in interesting ways. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think the last theme to here to touch on, and I'm sure this is going to be relevant and emblematic of the season as a whole, but the idea of whether Survivor is a personal game or a team game. Uh, we have Deshaun in this episode say that, uh, you know, they're getting in the way of my million dollars, right? Um, it's a winner quote, so that's good for Deshaun probably. Um, but also it's like, it's again this idea of whether you're doing it for the culture or for a team or for a purpose or your, your million dollars. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's a bit smaller about that as... Erica and Heather have their little moment where like Deshaun really gets into them as like Erica Heather's gonna steal votes from you and it's talking about considering that and I think Erica says something really smart where she's like yeah I understand that and I'm sure Heather has probably had the same thoughts about me so um all sorts of apt thoughts about this theme of when do you when do you make it personal and when is it a team game I mean that's kind of the Ricard thing too is that whole majority needs Ricard to get further but also they know he's the biggest threat to win so yep. when do you choose to to make the move oh yeah and the other thing that i think was relevant here is erica's last confessional of the episode is she talks up basically the difference between danny and deshaun and what she says is that deshaun's a bigger threat than danny um deshaun's likable he's overcame things um but what she needs to do is convince her alliance, her group, that it's actually in their best interest for the team to get rid of Danny when in reality it only actually benefits her. Mm -hmm. As a a very interesting, almost Shan-like uh, waxing uh, uh, of the politicking of Survivor. Uh, we, we see Erica walk through that process and... I mean, we leave on the hang of, well, is, does Eric convince them? And, and of course, the answer is yes. Yeah, that is a very interesting scene to dissect that it is this, which people are always doing, right? Is their, their way probably isn't the best for other people, but they need to convince that it is. And so to show that, 
especially blatantly through Erica, I think is a very strong point in her favor. Um, <laughs> with the one thing holding it back, it being the wacky penultimate episode and who knows what they're doing. But I think still strong to bring it on, especially when Erica has not had opportunity to make bigger, flashier moves in this game so far. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Yeah, any, any other thoughts on like the themes, the stories, Joe? I don't think so. I feel, I feel like we're hitting all the big ones. Mm-hmm. And I think we, like we said, we've mostly narrowed it down to two people. And I think those two people are same between us. To me, I mean, maybe there's a reevaluation. If one of the other three wins, it's to me, it feels like therefore the themes did not match the winner. Like, they are not, at least the themes we found. And I think that's the important conversation. If one of the other three were to win, what were the themes we missed and how did it tie to their stories? Yeah. But right now it feels like those two tie really strongly to the two people we think have the best shot. I I would agree with that. I mean, to be honest, Joe, this week made me, like, similar to what we're saying with the wackiness of this episode... I went from being like, like basically having Eric last week, we left the show. I had Erica and Ricard, my top two this week. I mean, honestly, I could see a world where Heather wins after this episode, mostly because I no longer think she could be a losing finalist and where that leaves her is confusing. Um, like this seemed like this felt a little too Natalie white E for me, um, uh, for my liking there. So I, I think like a Heather win would be absurd, but would to me kind of track. And yeah. I think our card tracks, it's just like, I feel like they botched it. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll get there as we go through them, but... Yeah, I guess I should say, I mean, we're going to get to Heather, and my point was, Heather honestly does match the story really well. It's just that everything else doesn't. So, yeah, we'll get to that more, though. No, that's, I think that's a big thing, is like, <laughs> Heather is, Heather's the story of the season, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you were to sum it up, and like, way back, episode six or something, or episode four or whatever, when I'm first getting on the trail, like, I think we're getting a bad winner. Like, that was what kind of led me down this path. I did not think for any chance that Heather would still be in the game. But a pops in every four episodes. I use the word Natalie White more this season of the Winners Edit podcast than I think ever, right? Like, I've been on the Natalie White specifically bandwagon for a while. And I really do think that, like, I think she would totally fit. But we'll get there when we get to Heather. Um, so let's start here with Deshaun, who I think is a all-time great Survivor character. I really think that uh, it sucks that he was, he was being used so much this week. Um, in terms of uh, all sides of a story, but it, it's because he's good. He, he's really charming. He's extremely captivating, and he's got like a really cool, interesting story. And Joe, I hope he wins. That's uh, that's yeah. my my takeaway. Um, I think that would be amazing for Survivor. I think Deshaun winning would be the new era of Survivor editing that people are mm-hmm. hoping for online. I I don't have him as my number one, but I really hope he does win because that would, to me, actually be tangible change in how they how they tell this story. Yeah, I come out of this episode, I think, very much echoing what we said last episode. Whereas Edit was very extreme, I think. He was just all over the place. He had these moments of intense positivity, but then it turned so negative at the end. And I think, yeah, it would be showing showing your winner warts and all truly. Like, more than we've seen it. We've seen bad parts of a winner's journey, but never, like, as fairly, I think, as it would be here. 
I think with that sort of intensity coming in this penultimate episode, it makes sense. Like, if you want to keep that sort of heuristic of like, how do we cast doubt into who the winner is going to be? How do we do that with Deshaun? I think instead of going super negative, especially coming off this impressive conversation about who he is and how that affects his game, you don't make it super, super negative, uh, especially when they're the underdog who has no conceivable plan for how to get out of the spot. You instead make it this intense, like, here's everything, <laughs> like Deshaun is. Yeah. And then I think that really puts this shade episode was on, like yeah. a character study on Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Like, and I also think people are sleeping on, like, I almost, I really wish I was coming into, like, honestly, if I was not more convinced about being, you know, accurate to what I actually believe on this show, and I was more going for, like, being spunky and that sort of thing, I would love to come in this week and say Deshaun's my number one. Because I think that, and for right now, I'm going to kind of pretend that's where I am. So I think people are sleeping on the idea of, and I wish I saw this online. Like, I wish some people were pushing this idea. And so if you're a Deshaun truther, take what I'm saying and go spout it all over the internet, okay? Um, (laughs) Deshaun inherited Shan's edit. We were saying maybe it was Liana. It wasn't. It was Deshaun. This is two weeks in a row after Shan's elimination. And Deshaun is still talking about the repercussions of voting out Shan, how Mm -hmm. hard that was, how he's growing as a person from it. Last week was all about that, too. This is another week. Like, it's not often that two episodes ago were referenced in Survivor. Like, sometimes last week, maybe... Um, but two weeks ago, they, they assume the survivor audience doesn't have enough attention span that way, but Shan's this mega big character. They're now positioned as basically brother and sister. He says that this week and he had to cut his sister and how hard that was for him. He wasn't even talking about Liana. Like Liana's freaking yesterday's news. He's still talking about Shan. He inherited her edit. And for all the people who are like, the only person who could possibly win a Shan, I could totally see a world where you then bounce off over to Deshaun, right? Like, that's a one-track, freaking clean, clean line. Like, that's almost cleaner than Natalie Jeremy. It's, he's still talking about her. I guess. Like, doing right by her legacy. Yeah, I guess. I definitely agree. That stuck out to me when Deshaun was still talking about Shan's elimination like two episodes later. And I think what I see there is it's not really the sort of same picking up the torch we saw in in San Juan del Sur. It's almost like you need to have Shan be this big character. And I think the tricky thing is it's easy to make Shan a big character regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, But I also think Survivor has this often terrible ability to take some interesting characters and turn them down when they shouldn't um so i think but if you're never winner- forget courtney yates is um less like brief aside like courtney yates is actually statistically less uh, less visible and here's her villains and heather is courtney <laughs> yates many people's favorite survivor player ever mm-hmm. um but i think if your winner story is so affected by what happens when another player goes home it's natural to also emphasize that player it is sort of like um a different version of the 
Chris to Rick. Like, you had to make Rick a big character, so that would be very impressive when Chris took him out. Um, and yeah, if, if this is so important, but it also could just be important to Deshaun's story. It could be the primary story right now when it's just really the majority picking off the minority. Like, that's what makes it tricky here. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing, right? Is so envision you're given a story where your winner never attends tribal pre-merge makes what's very clearly at this point the worst move of the season in voting out shan right like deshaun went from in control in the driver's seat votes out shan is now uh literally clinging to his life on a 33 percent chance the next week and then gets tied on the next week you know what i mean like huge power swing um and he his story is about how much he regrets that not strategically but emotionally right like how else would you tell that story than this they actually it actually makes a lot of sense uh what you would do is you would build up shan to be the greatest best person ever and make it like a cardinal sin to have done it and be a story of how you learn to find yourself after doing something that makes you feel like you lost yourself, you know? Like, I totally would be on board with this and think it would be amazing, very, honestly, Joe, very similar to, I remember a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the play Julius Caesar, very similar to that idea. And if Deshaun wins, uh, whoever made that Julius Caesar post, we'll send you like a $25 Amazon card or something, you know, (laughs) like it's some beautiful stuff there about after uh, betrayal, um, the reconciling with it as a human being. I, I would be so madly in love with, with, with this story if that's what they're, what's going to happen. I think the thing that makes it more nuanced is that Shan isn't the best person. Like, they gave mm. reason, too, for Deshaun to be like, yeah, I, Shan's not good for my game. She doesn't listen to me. Like, there was reason to do it, but at the same time it was such a hard decision, and it did have such an effect. I think that's helpful to this more than anything is that they i don't know you could see both sides to it yeah and like the other thing is with the representation sort of line like deshaun has this amazing confessional right before tribal this week where he says um i've survived death once and i'm gonna do it again we'll see who comes out on top tonight it's little bro versus big bro but when i get to tribal i'm not gonna leave just because and there's not a shot i give up all I can do is fight. That's really captivating and matches our story really well. Mm-hmm. Like, not giving up, just clawing, but still paying respect to your friend, you know? But still keeping true to who you are, not being willing to throw them under the bus. But, like, it's a fight, but a loving fight. And I, th- I think that's really, really great. Yeah. And, yeah, like, you're right. Like, I, don't, I just, like... I want this to be what I think is going to happen. And I don't, I think this is going to be a story of how Deshaun loses and I hate it. I hate that part, but I want this to be right. Cause it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be very interesting. And yeah, I think in a way, even though we're saying it's exciting and we're kind of seeing the formation of it, it would still be unexpected. Like yeah. for us to have known what we know about Deshaun preseason and the rocky journey he's taken and the way that story shifted in the merge, like for him to still win, it's, it's different it's exciting and it's interesting to see yeah i have him number two like and i have him on my chart like i think there is more of a chance for my number one but like his his premiere is really not bad his episode two amazing he gets established a duo with danny and who's had an amazing week last week has a full story like danny's a full fully realized character for the most part um 
their relationship is thoroughly explored. Like seeing him be like, I just need to talk to my brother right now was so good in this episode. Seeing it come down to a battle between him and Danny. And then, like I said, I really think that we were sleeping on Dan or Deshaun versus Erica being the primary or or, or like the lingering store or, or relationship of the season at the very least. And I mean, gun to my head, Erica wins that battle. Like you can t- totally see the world where why they should have thrown, but maybe it's how how Deshaun finally gets her out, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, that looks like a definite fire-making battle between them. 100%. And Deshaun, and then whoever I think wins is likely the winner. So I I hate that we're on, on yeah. the same line. but <laughs> Unless Ricard is randomly also there. Yeah, I could see Ricard in fire too, maybe. But No, I yeah. mean, like, he wins and he's automatically in the final three. Oh, well, then Ricard's winning. Yeah. Yeah um yeah that's the thing like to me it really is almost like a like i could see anyone but xander winning joe and that i'm actually pretty hyped that way i my two are way ahead but like i do think it's like kind of a fun open season and i do like that Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to think what else like i i feel like i want to like wax poetically even more about deshaun and like, I don't think people like, I guess my main takeaway before we move on here is like how great of a TV personality you have to be to be able to get the treatment he got this week. Like it, it, this would crumble so badly if it was Erica, this would be a all time bad episode of TV. And it's not, that's not a slight on her. It's, it's, a show of how great he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of like when the spotlight shifts to Erica, <laughs> it's an interesting uh, experience. So, so yeah, Deshaun definitely has the charisma and ability to make it, make it interesting. And yeah, I know, he had some good yeah. lines. Like he was like, I'm down to clown with y'all to the end. Like that was fun. <laughs> um, when they're making the chicken and chicken and veggies alliance. And I don't know. I'm just like, I think I'm just Deshaun Stan at this point. Like <laughs> he's not even my favorite. Ricard's my favorite, but like, I want Deshaun to win. I think that would be an all, t- that might be my favorite survivor story ever. Like I think it's that level. Hmm. Um, and he would be like, if Deshaun wins, he's getting instantly put into the intro song. Um, <laughs> cause he's got some good, good zingers in there. So mm-hmm. let's, let's speaking of putting Erica in the spotlight. Um, let's move over to Erica who, Joe, honestly, like this week, I feel like they couldn't have framed this episode better mm-hmm. if they if they tried. And I think the biggest thing that makes me worry about that is if this is the weirdness of the like sec- second to last episode of the season, like they feel this is weird for Erica. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't what we should be expecting, but in a way it kind of totally is. So I think there's that, but I also think that the theory isn't as solid that it means she's like, it's not a good sign for her. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, I mean, her story this week was freaking weird. It's like, all of a sudden now I'm anti-Heather and she's being positioned way more as like a strategist. Again, like she's talking about the end game. Like everybody just is all, and I think the weirdness that comes from it, honestly, like if I had to put money on why this happens, it's because they want to talk about Final Tribal this week, but they have to find like weird ways to talk about that um, five days earlier. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Like they're having to have people 
comment on where the story's going at the end. But to get there, they have to kind of find weird stand-ins for what they're talking about. So we get, like, Erica talking about how Heather and her games are too similar. That would make a whole lot of sense next week, uh, you know, as content. But this mm-hmm. week feels super weird when Heather's not even on the table. But I think it's because they're trying to get the idea out there so it's not a total blindside shocker next week. Yeah, and I think probably the narrative on the beach is so dominated by like ricard wins if he gets to the end as your like sort of big final tribal council speculation that yeah they need to look for any other little avenues and like it's interesting that we're not really i mean we did hear a bit how like deshaun erica and xander all stack up pretty equally it seems um but yeah we're not hearing other sort of places in that theme yeah or in that like mind space yeah that's like i don't know uh, it's 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 an interesting problem to have to solve, right? Is there's time in the middle? You know what I mean? Like they have to, you know, back in the day, um, and maybe this is, I guess, this is still true for network TV, right? So you're watching The Bachelor or whatever, and they have to have like natural ways to cut to commercial, but then they need to like reintroduce what happened earlier in case you just tuned in from the commercial. Do you know what I? Does that make sense? What I'm talking about? I think so. Like it'll be like after the. Com- Commercial break. Uh, see Colton and, and Peely talk about their favorite shoes, and then they come back from the commercial break, and it's like before the commercial break, you saw this. Now Colton and Peely are going to talk about their favorite shoes, like like, and that was very much constructed in a way and built into TV show episodes because the style of delivery of getting a TV show was you'd be watching it and then you'd watch a bunch of ads and then you'd watch the show again. Um, and so they they wanted natural ways to kind of ebb and flow the audience through there. That's the same issue as there's a week in between what's happening here and later and they need to talk about the topic but not in, in direct terms, basically. Mm-hmm. They, need to, they basically need to talk in subtext. Yeah, add a little bit of future interestingness speculation for it before it comes along next season. Especially when, due to the nature of the finale like maybe these are things that don't happen till technically final four but this is your last shot to get them out into the open before that all happens in one fell swoop yeah but yeah like joe for me like right after deshaun and erica talk and erica has the confessional where she says you know it's been a long time since a woman's won and i want it to be me and i felt a lot of guilt when i voted out liana i was like okay it's it's over like it's it's so perfect for erica like that is a uh baton pass that is a re like re um introducing erica into that theme into that idea as a contender Mm -hmm. um yeah like it it was this was just a glowing amazing episode um especially like last week we we saw that erica's the one who's wanting to go after ricard like they even give her that credit this week that's reminded again we see that she's not one of the foolish people keeping him in the game like it's just, it's, it's like, there's, they seem unwilling to criticize her in any way. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's why it's weird that we're down here and there's, there was no opportunity for criticism in this episode. And so yeah. it's, those, it's two very good scenes. It's that Liana scene. And then also how she gets to explain that getting Danny out isn't good for anyone but her. Yeah. And then that happens. So. And even the, even the reward was good, right? When she's like, I need to start mixing it up. Like when she repeat, when she repeats herself in the same freaking episode, um, like I think Eric is going to win. I really hope she doesn't, but, um, <laughs> 
and she, and she was my preseason winner pick. So like, factor in how how like excited it would be for me to be right about that, and I still really don't want this to happen. You know, like um, huge disparity there. But like, she she literally repeats herself saying the exact same thing again. I'm sure she's gonna say the lion thing again next week. By the way. <laughs> Um, but that seems actually really good for her as well when, when they're kind of forming this chicken alliance, right? Like, it's very, like, not only do, how do I put this? So from Erica, you get her past this week. What, what's, what's driving her in terms of guilt, wanting to be a woman winner, wanting to present as a winner who looks, present to all the people who look like her. We see her strategic driving force. She wants to make sure she gets to the end and what she's worried about is getting there so she can explain it all. She says that to Deshaun. What's the roadblock getting in her way, Joe? Well, it's Heather. Heather's played the same game that she's played. So what's going to be her driving move moving forward? Making sure that Heather's not there at the end with her. Um, and then uh, what's she going to do this week? Well, it's ma- I guess how she how she going to accomplish that? Well, it's going to be making sure Deshaun's still in the game and not Danny and tricking her alliance into doing that. It's just like you get it's one of the most complex episodes anybody's ever gotten. And it's not super visible either. It's just every time she speaks, it's like with a direct specific focus looking forward. Mm-hmm. It's such a well-painted map of how Erica is going to win this season and I feel like you're not seeing that from anyone else. Like, Xander talks a little about how Ricard is still a shield for him, and that's why he had to keep him. But now it's just, we got to get Ricard out, and then really nothing after that. Um, no concerns about what he's worried about at Final Tribal Council. Um, <laughs> Heather and Deshaun, you're not getting a ton of that from. Deshaun's just looking for a way to make the end, mm-hmm. and that's really not Heather's focus at all. Hers is more... Um, narration and um yeah so ricard and then is like <laughs> i mean there's this implied theme that he wins if he makes then but he's not speaking at all on that so it's interesting to have that solely come from erica this roadmap to the end yeah and like she's the only like it, it's it's silly but like go like do yourself a favor um and go back and watch some final tribal councils and the speeches they're they're honestly they're usually pretty good but um, the reason for that is that oftentimes their speeches are just sort of collections of confessionals we've already seen, right? Like, um, that's like a, the common thing of Final Trump Council speeches. It's, it's, it's stuff that you've already heard before, maybe in a different context, maybe in a different, maybe different words slightly, but it's the same ideas that you've seen beforehand. They set these things up early. Mm-hmm. Erica is the only one who's speaking like a winner. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you had to splice together um, content from this episode to present that person is winning like if you know if you could only do the like actors offset so you have to splice together their audio into something that makes sense uh erica and deshaun i think are the only two that you could actually string together something cogent of of a speech yeah i was gonna say i think it's a strong point for erica but i think it's maybe stronger or better at showing why we're so low on other people i think yes because there's just none of that it's just like if they make the end who knows what will happen (laughs) like yeah i I can't really paint like what their the thrust of their argument is gonna be. Right. Yeah. And like I really truly am having a hard time. Like I like again, like I talk about this a lot. I've been really softening on how much I personally interact with the broader edge community, but like the brief discussions I've been seeing is like Erica's not visible enough. And I'm like, she has been a top three character. Like she's been like 
CP three or four or five, like multiple weeks in a row. Like she's been extremely visible from episode six onward. Like the idea that she's been under edited is actually laughable at this point and is like categorically untrue and people holding on to their pre-merge view of what's happening. Like even if Erica doesn't win, the idea that she's under edited is absurd. Yeah. It's, it's people seeing that, that Luvu pre-merge and being like, no one there had any content, which I mean that I'll, that doesn't apply to Deshaun for sure. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Luvu was under-edited, but Deshaun was there. I think... Even Erica was there. Like, Erica was there at points in ways that made sense for the story she's telling about herself. And then, yeah, since the merge, she's been, I wouldn't say so super visible, but a player in the game. Like, someone who's thoughts matter to how the season turns out yeah yeah like but she's also been positioned as like a a a driver like the the merge episode like is overwhelmingly erica right like overwhelmingly erica speaking the next one is a huge episode for erica like she's more visible than like half the survivor winners like it's like even just in confessional counts you know what i mean like just raw that kind of thing i just I, i do not know where that narrative's still coming from it doesn't make sense, especially because those winner confessional counts that you're counting usually have like 12 confessionals at the end for the win. You know what I mean? Like for the finale. We're not mm-hmm. even there yet for Erica. Like there's only five people and there's three hours. She's going to jump up 20 confessionals probably. They're all <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Something like that. Um, I just, I, I, I uh, it, to me, I, I, there's a lot of things that I'm like, I get why somebody would be on Ricard. I get why somebody would be on Deshaun. I honestly get why somebody would be on Heather. I don't get where those same people are then like, Erica's not on the show. Like, I, I don't, I, I think that honestly, this is a fact similar to what I often flag with Michelle is when you go back and watch Korong or you count how many confessionals are in Korong, Michelle's actually very visible, but she's not TV gold. She kind of blends into the background. Erica's the same way, and I think people would have a hard time realizing that Erica had five confessionals this week. You know what I mean? Erica was the second most visible character this week. That's something. Um, even if she's not dynamite on the TV, she's actually talking a lot. Um, yeah, that's that's my take there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree with much of that. Like, yeah, it. <sighs> I just, with especially how the season has gone, it just seems weird to frame it as she wasn't visible enough when we're talking about how all of the big characters have gone. Like, I think there's points where at the merge you would have been like, none of this five is visible enough or not visible in the right ways. And now we're at a point where it is these five and we have to reevaluate where their visibility is and i think it's there for all these people so or it's there for erica i mean and then other people not so much but yeah yeah. like episode six episode seven we were saying that right we're like well i don't know maybe erica's not visible enough maybe she needs more she needs like this this the stuff that she is there for might be just necessary might be kind of hard to parse through there especially with the merge but like at this point it's just like I feel like it's too late to be making that argument. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, overall, I think this really was one of the... This is one of those, like, banner-perfect episodes for somebody. Yeah. The mm-hmm. yeah the issue there is that I think other people also had a good episode, enough that I'm doubting it enough to not be all-in. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But this was pretty spectacular. I, I'd say I'm pretty all-in. Like, Deshaun is there as this interesting idea, but Erica just continues to make sense in a conventional way. So I think I'm sticking with that until 
we fully get proven wrong and we know Deshaun's that is something to consider for the future. Yep. And yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Well, and we'll talk about this next week. Like, who actually wins and whether it was a success or not. But like, I don't know. I, I, I do think that we're seeing here, like they have infinite content basically to show. And there's so many hours that they have to cut down in a short amount of time, but that they still have to make a good TV show. And sometimes people aren't able to hold the, the weight there. Cause like, despite what I'm saying about this being a spectacular, perfect episode for her, I feel like you could leave this episode and kind of forget she was in it. And that's unfortunate, but I, I think that's the effect that's happening. I think it's, um, people just aren't connecting the dots that she's actually there quite a bit. Um, because she just again you might not realize she had two confessionals that said the same thing but it was two not one i think maybe this with michelle too it's just an idea of early on they don't get a lot of content and so it's this rhetorical idea that you're you're not supposed to care about this person so yeah just like sideline them and then even when they do get that focus you're like but i don't i don't that's not a main character to me yeah no that's a good point so ted lasso great show by the way everybody should watch it uh, had an episode where only a side character was in it. Uh, it was like it was just a deep exploration of this side character, and the fan base absolutely hated it. And we're like, this didn't matter. I, that's, I think you're right. Like, if if you condition people that this person is secondary early on, that sticks. Mm-hmm. They need like a reemergence, and Erica just I guess never really had that. Um, but yeah, like I really think that Erica. To me, if she's winning, somehow Heather's getting out of there. I don't know. Like, the <laughs> issue is I don't know what this math is. Because I'm like, Ricard, like, they're basically, we're running out of people, right? Like, I'm like, Ricard and Heather both must be the fifth place boot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, because <laughs> Erica's got to get Heather out of there and Ricard out of there to win. Mm-hmm. Well, and the- I don't know. Maybe it's a weird, maybe we don't take that Erica and Heather can't both be in the end together statement as firmly as we thought. I think they can. And I think people will still see Erica as the one who maneuvered and did better. I think it's an interesting idea that was brought up here and sort of gave some sort of drama to the episode. But I feel like we're still being told maybe that Heather is a losing finalist, whereas Erica Hmm. did things to get to this point. See, that that's let's get here to I guess the red flag. So for me, the reason that's kind of it for me is that we're running out of numbers here because if Ricard's in the end, I'm going under the assumption that Ricard is the winner. If Heather's there, I'm going under the assumption that Erica failed her mission and that Erica's the losing finalist. Like I could see that being like that would be the downside to Erica is that she's actually the captivating losing finalist. Um I could see that happening if it's in hmm. Erica, Heather, Deshaun, or Ricard or something. That totally tracks to me as a world where Erica gets this story, it all still makes sense, but she's just not the winner. Yeah, yeah, I can see bits where, like, Erica still feels a lot like Dean. Like, there's a bit of, like, coming to relevance and, like, being a character. Mm-hmm. Um, it just fits so much well with her story rather than Dean's. Dean's was never, like, I'm a lion, not a lamb. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It is, I feel like this season, more than the other ones we've covered, is just hard to come to what the final three will look like because like some of these people just don't seem like they should be there at all like yeah especially when you like do the do like one assumption i'm basically making now um and i'm surprised we haven't brought this up yet 
but I'm going to bring it up now is, so Xander's in the final five. He has an idol. So he's in the final four. I, I'm basically taking it as an assumption that Xander is in the final three. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's presumptuous that he can make fire. Like he's a, you know, curly headed jungle boy. Gotta assume he, he, he's going to win one of the fire making or immunity challenge. Like I would be very shocked if he's the fourth placer, which means he's the either losing finalist or winner. I don't think he's the winner. So I think he's almost certainly a losing finalist. And then I'm like, okay, what's the makeup there? And I don't know. Well, yeah, and I think... I know, we're sort of jumping out to discuss both of these people, but, like, Ricard doesn't feel like a winner, so he's not in the final three. So he's going out in the five or four. So then it's, like, Xander and two of... Deshaun, Erica, Heather, and that doesn't feel the most right, so. Yeah, no, that's the thing, is, like, like honestly, I would, like, it, to me, it feels like somebody's coming back or something. Like, it really yeah. does feel like some not some <laughs> bullshit's gonna happen. Yeah, but... I felt that way, sort of, like, especially when Winter Contenders started dropping, I was like, oh, like, is there just some weird twist that we've not heard anything about? Because I feel like we hear inklings of, like, oh, there's a twist on the horizon. Um, But, gosh, if they hit it this long, I mean, maybe Tiffany's coming back and winning the whole thing just like we all expected <laughs> that's amazing yeah like i i really don't know but it's so weird like like may- maybe the answer is just that xander loses four and like we're just being like like stereotypical or whatever like very presumptuous that he's gonna not lose two things it's just like that seems so weird to me um because i could totally see erica deshaun heather like i would put a lot of money on that last week but now i'm like where's xander fitting into this <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, any other thoughts on Erica? Where where she's gonna go, anything like that? I mean, I think she's the winner. But I, I think I, hmm, I don't know. If we're going to Heather, I feel like the key to Heather winning is having Erica go before the final three. Yep. And I, I mean, it's so weird to talk about Heather winning. Because I really don't think that's a possibility. I think I enjoy the chaos of that. I like Heather's character. I'm here for when Survivor gets really weird and has a weird winner like Heather, but I realize I'm an outlier too, and it seems like a lot of people would just be so angry if Heather won, they wouldn't get it. Um, so people aren't so, ready for the avant-garde Survivor, Joe. So, so yeah, I I really don't consider it. Um, but yeah, I think it's sort of a combination of her getting Erica out, and then also honestly the flashback theory. Like, I feel like at five or four or something, you have this five honestly because that's the only real vote. But like, my weird idea is that. We get, like, all these strategizings and things going on, and then, like, it's a totally surprise vote. Erica's going home, and then we get, like, these flashbacks of what Heather has done, and then that sort of paves the way for how she could end up winning. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, Joe, is the weirdest thing about Heather is I have... I've eliminated a lot of these people. Um, I've never eliminated Erica. I've never eliminated Heather. All at all other points of the season, I, I have eliminated in some degree or put them at a very low percentage. Everybody else, you never eliminated. He- That's not true. I think actually the- last week maybe I eliminated Heather. Mm, I bet you did before that. I- I'm also less like I feel like you're a lot more eliminating than I am in general. Okay. Like I generally keep people alive. I'll I'll do like eh, not looking bright, but. 
I guess who have you eliminated, if not Heather, at various like, points throughout the season? Oh, Xander. Like, Xander's eliminated for me. Okay. Uh, Deshaun, honestly, last week was eliminated. Danny, two weeks b- ago, was eliminated. Like, uh, a lot of people. But, like, I've always kept Heather kind of kind of clinging there. And the reason for that is those weird challenge mentions. Like, the, the greatest comeback in Survivor history. And, like... When she's trying to, um, that one challenge where she's in the reward challenge, mm-hmm. uh, you know, crying, that, 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 that situation. Um, and, and basically just the idea, like, even just, like, the small amounts of Lulu we saw at times was just, like, a random positive comment about Heather. Like, that did happen. Um, and it's always been enough that she's been, like, effectively drawing dead, but I've always been, like, well, we kind of joked about it, right? It's, like, the barometer of are you above or below Heather? Mm-hmm. And for me, she's always kind of been this buoy of, eh, like, I hope not. Doesn't it seem <laughs> like it. Um, last week when she kind of looked like uh, someone who's delusional. Um, I was selling stock quite a bit, but this week it looked like Natalie White. I'm not saying I'm really thinking Heather has much of a chance. I'm saying she's less eliminated or or has, a, I guess I'll, I'll frame this positively, has a much higher chance in my mind than I would imagine Heather having at this point. Hmm. Like, I think I'm higher on her than you. I'm giving her like 5%. Yeah, that's that's wild to me. As much as I want it to happen, like I oh, they would be I don't doing... think I don't think it would be this flashback thing. I honestly think what we would see if Heather were to win is Erica go for Heather, Xander give Heather his idol, take out Erica, <laughs> Heather, Xander <laughs> Who the hell does she beat? I don't know. I don't know who the third person is, Joe. But I think it would be she inherited Heather's or Erica's edit. Maybe it is zero. I don't know. But it's just like the story's there. That's the thing is like, I guess the thing is I wouldn't be support. Like I wouldn't be radically transformed as a human being if she won. Like I think a lot of people would be if she won, you know? Mm -hmm. I think just looking at it from the same sense you're looking at it. I think she does not beat card i guess maybe she steals votes from erica but i still think erica will always get more votes than her Mm -hmm. and well that could be how deshaun wins it could be erica heather deshaun yeah but that's not a heather win (laughs) right you're right you're right so she's in there with deshaun and xander i still think it's like they have not done enough to show why she would beat both of those people no it would be like she's that's what i mean like i wouldn't buy flashback theory i would buy good old-fashioned bitter jury would be the five percent chance i'd give to heather i think i could see i guess in some way they compare to erica where erica only survived because of a twist Heather didn't need that twist to get this far. Like, Heather wasn't in as much danger as Erica once was. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird, like... And I don't, I don't know, like, I guess you could see a world like Heather Deshaun Xander, I think would be the one where I could see a world where she wins. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a very likely final three. And that's what, I don't know. It's not, <laughs> it's not high at all. I guess let's go with what we think is actually going to happen. Um, I, I... I think my leading theory, and I think Heather just perple- like he- Heather's one of these characters, and you'll learn this about Joe and I. I. I think we both can get like we need to solve the puzzle, you know, like that's a very driving factor. I think of both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Heather's a puzzle I like want to solve. I'm like I feel like we have 
the pieces and we know what type of puzzle it is but like the colors are wrong or something you know what i mean like something's not quite matching up but it drives me nuts because i'm trying to figure out what's going on there with her i think my leading theory is i think she's gonna step down or to be voted out or, or or something like i mentioned earlier that really is my leading theory for heather and that would make so much sense for for everything hmm. i think like massive kudos to you if that's correct because i don't know that just feels like i said it sort of stands against everything like heather not giving up like and i mean maybe that's the quote-unquote punishment they want to do is that they show heather not giving up only to give up be like what heather you let us all down um yeah i just think okay joe question say it's i don't know who this would make it like that's i don't know who cares who the other two are heather and ricard somehow are in there in the fire pit and you're like okay this ricard's gonna win going to sleep and heather demolishes him like fire just freaking comes out of her hands like like uh magmar um you don't think the jury's like gonna parlay that into like adrenaline voting for her maybe (laughs) like i don't know (laughs) but then that's not what that's not your theory (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why you're arguing now. <laughs> you're just, you just went from Heather quitting to Heather winning because she has magical powers. I don't know. I Yeah, I think we did talk about last week how if Heather's not the most strategic, she's not making a ton of moves, then maybe you just don't give her that much time. And yeah, she makes it to final five or the final tribal council. And like, this was good enough for Heather. Like she got her time. She got lots of positive moments. Yeah. I think for me, that's the most likely result of this puzzle like i think she just wasn't as dynamic a character as others like especially joe now that you're talking oh go just thinking like all those early merge boots that they had to make time for and then now as they're gone they just almost have to give her time but you can see why why they maybe just didn't devote a ton of time to her it's not bad content but it's just not like the most exciting like <laughs> like it was narration which yeah and joe honestly while you're talking i think my ideas can be can live in harmony and i think what that is is it's what we said last week i think that the, here's my heather hot take is whether that's the ben Dreebergen of being asked to be voted out or quitting or volunteering to go into fire knowing they're gonna lose something i i could see that happening maybe it's heather um you know goes to fire knowing deshaun will beat her or 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 something like that uh based on that scene uh like an empowerment move like she wants this season to make a difference and so she's gonna you know pass pass that off to Deshaun or the Troyzan at final tribal say, you know what guys, I, 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 I'm, I'm bowing out here. Um, I love survivor forever. I want this season to be a difference. That's not me winning. One of those things is going to happen with Heather. It's going to be a story of how she bows out gracefully. Oh, but Heather, you winning would be a difference. You'd be like the first older woman in many, many years to get any jury votes. Yeah. So, uh, but I could see her doing that. That's right. I, I think one of those three is going to happen. What was the third thing? It's either asked to be voted out, asked to oh, go okay. to fire as like a, a sacrifice situation. Okay. Yeah. Knowing she's losing or at final travel. Okay. And I think that would sum up her story and make my brain, fix my brain. Let me go to sleep. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on Heather? No. Uh, yeah. Gun to your head, Joe. Which What's what's your spot? Third. Okay, cool. Jury votes? No jury votes? No jury votes. <laughs> so sad. <laughs>
be like rude honestly just invisible all season no jury votes third place like brutal like just do a final two then survivor <laughs> please do a final two mm-hmm. maybe it is a final two and that answers a lot of our questions i don't know let's go here to your boy ricard who where the hell was ricard this week joe <laughs> he won the challenge and i don't think he spoke afterwards yeah like that's the second time that's happened mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing with him is like he's the threat to win but it's almost just like he is just this like i don't know plant like he automatically wins if you get to the end so better watch out um like that's the twist almost is like they don't even need to do a vote um but like he never has any really like lines of his own like on how he gets there or he doesn't i don't know i mean <laughs> It's not different from what I've been saying, though. Also, like, his content does not match an actual winner. He's the start to win, but he doesn't feel like the winner. And... Yeah, so I feel like every season we talked about this. Um, flashback to War Dog. Uh, it's the final boss, right? It's mm-hmm. it's an obstacle to topple. Like, think about it. When's the last time we have a winner that would be strolling into Final Trouble Council uncontested, right? Like, it doesn't happen. And the reason for that is that they want Final Tribal Council to feel competitive. That is a... And that's, I think, why these... penultimate episodes often throw some shade on their contenders you know like Mm -hmm. tony looked like an asshole last year um in this second last episode and the reason for that is they want when they get to the end to be like oh are they gonna go with the nice person are they gonna go with the mean person who's played well like they, they want it to be a battle of words, right? And I feel like they have shown no ambiguity whatsoever that Ricard would just win. Very yeah. similar to that David Wright would just win. Very similar to Rick Devins would just win. The thing that unites all those people is they didn't win uh, mm-hmm. Survivor. They're not millionaires. Yeah, and I think that goes two ways. Or it is like the Tony example of making them a little negative to sort of cast doubt on that, which we haven't seen. But there's also like showing the valid points you're or other finalists might have and i feel like we're not seeing much of that either like erica has a roadmap for why she's going to the end but it's not i don't see this fully fledged argument as to why she could compete with ricard yeah like i don't see her I- being so convincing that she could steal votes from him right the only thing that in i mean it's kind of like i doubt this this would be relevant the only thing is that the um the mention this week of wanting there to be a woman winner right mm-hmm. like and ricard had that with shan at the best reward of the season um fire pit out back behind your shed reward um that moment right like ricard has that where he's like mm, i don't know i think they're gonna vote for a woman like that would be the only thing yeah. i think and that's like other than that he's just kind of presented as um as edgeless like he, he's, he's just like a just like a survivor angel almost (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean to me i'm i'd be floored if he isn't fifth but mostly because again i'm like is he gonna lose the immunity challenge and fire that seems wild but i I, I think they could shock us with that like maybe gets a little closer than we're expecting but but yeah it seems like fifth yeah yeah and i mean maybe we're wrong and maybe he does win like i think i do think that if he wins, you know, two challenges, he's going to win the game. I, I don't think this would be. Um, and uh, Robot Dev had a good argument there on the the comment stream about how, you know, Ricard actually would be a fairly conventional winner. I, 
I mean, I, I agree with that. I think that his argument there is basically the thing that's unconventional is that he's the um, the secondary in a strategic relationship to a woman, which hasn't really happened, right? Like we've had Wendell beat Dominic, and that be Wendell's the 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 less um, strategic or less uh, visible person uh, to Dominic's more visible, or JT and Steven, uh, where Steven's presented as the better gamer kind of thing, but JT wins. Um, but that said, I mean, I, I think the difference there is one, those, those examples made it to the end together. Um, mm-hmm. and Shan left too early, I think for Ricard to not pick up steam afterwards. I feel like he picked up steam in second person visibility, but not actually a, a, in content. Yeah. And I just think, I think this will be the biggest thing for me if he does win is that I just don't feel like that pre-merge was good for him. Like, yeah, it just underrepresented him so often and i think i know i guess that if that's the case and he does win like that's something i need to reevaluate but to me it just feels like a, a bad choice on the editor's part yeah ricard's by far my favorite and i would be very underwhelmed with with the ricard win mm-hmm. um and part of that is like robot dev has a good point here so he says that basically ricard's story would be that shan always gets credit for ricard's ideas and that causes ricard to want shan out um he finally does the um this like he finally gets one over on her um and is able to fight his way to the end the issue there uh is that to me i don't think that ricard's story was ever blatantly about that enough like survivor is really not that subtle of a show Mm-hmm. they say their feelings out loud for the most part. And that's like the, that's literally the idea of a confessional, right? Is, Hey, look at the context of the scene. This is what I'm actually thinking out loud. It's, it's effectively voiceover. Um, and Ricard has never really talked about that being an insecurity or, or, or letting Shan be a shield or anything like that. Like that was never part of that arrangement verbalized on the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's my biggest thing is you can say Shan took credit for Ricard's ideas, but that was implied if anything, it was yeah. never. Or beach scenes, right? Like yeah. we did see that with like Ricard being like, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to give you this extra vote back because you just did this to JD. I told you to do that to JD. The issue is that's not a confessional. And uh, unfortunately, still in Modern Survivor, uh, whether they say it in a confessional or not matters quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- that's the thing is, Ricardo at this point, isn't that interesting to talk about? Because it's really like, does he win out or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if he wins out, I think they should have just done this as a two. <laughs> they should have made this a six person finale. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> let's just ram them through then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Ricard? No. Well, let's jump to Xander. I mean, this is one of his better episodes recently. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. He's just still so bizarrely shielded some sort of a threat at one point, but also not a threat like there seems to be no worry about xander getting to the end yeah like he has a public idol and it's the final six <laughs> and it's a fire making season like and they know that all this mm-hmm. and they're like and like i thought this was the most ludicrous thing of the episode so he says ricard's his shield he needs ricard in the game because the minute they can't go after ricard they're gonna go after him ricard wins immunity so that is no longer consideration like if if ricard's your shield and the only thing keeping you alive ricard winning immunity now renders that void and you are now shieldless right like yeah 
There's nothing blocking your shots. Um, and he gets no votes and is not discussed as a threat at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we, we talked about this last week of like, I, I think I'm even more almost of the opinion that we're going to get that like heel turn um like mustache like pulls off his mustache and he's actually evil the whole time xander because I, I, I have no other no other way to understand what's going on here yeah because yeah he also feels so guaranteed to make it to at least final four and probably final three but not winning so <laughs> i guess joe are we sleeping on the possibility of i know we saw on new immunity island or whatever the new advantage uh being hidden like that danny walked by and everything like that like are we taking Xander being in the final four as too much of a given when it could be an idol nullifier? That's true. And like, then you have that story of him having his stuff in his bag get found and looking foolish. That would actually kind of make sense as foreshadowing. Yeah, I guess I didn't think, yeah, the idol nullifier could come back. And Yeah, because I've been kind of taking it as a given that he's in the final three. But like... In modern Survivor, having an idol and a, a clear path doesn't really make you have a clear path. Rest in peace, Janet. Yep. Yeah, I think that's actually pretty valid. And sort of why we're okay with not seeing him so much as a winner, because it didn't work out for him. Yeah, like, huh. that would also explain the buzzkill of an edit that's this, right? Mm. Like, if you're, like, scr- like if Ozzy leaves um, Cook Islands because of an idol nullifier... Or like an immunity challenge nullifier or something. Like, do you know how many kids would never watch Survivor again because mm-hmm. of how cool Ozzy was in that season? Like, I don't know if I would be here, Joe. I really liked Ozzy <laughs> that season. Uh, doing this show today. Um, and I feel like that's the thing that you'd be gambling with if you present Ricard or sorry, present Xander as like the super fun person who gets robbed by a twist like that. Um, is like a generation of people who don't like the show anymore. Um so maybe that explains it. Like, I just thought of that literally right now. But do you think it's a realistic possibility? I think so. I feel maybe that Survivor's attempt to be like, this is a normal thing. Can't guarantee your way to Final Four with a idol, which I don't like it. But yeah. if they do it consistently, I guess that reinforces it. Right. And then it's like, you have to, I mean, it, I mean, it effectively makes them void at six. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so interesting what they're doing with Xander. I think regardless, it's it's a mistake because he could have been so many people's favorite survivor. Yeah. Like we shouldn't have casual fans saying they have no one that they they're rooting for when you have like scrappy underdog Xander clinging his way to the end, winning challenges, Mm -hmm. having an idol long curly hair boy. You know what I mean? Like this, this should be your like de facto casual fan favorite. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like we saw that after the, what was it? Was that the, no, it was the Sydney vote, right? With the, the steel and idol and everything. Like, I feel like that was the all time high for Xander fanfare. Like people were really feeling Xander then. And then it was just like a neutered mixed limp following after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just seems like all the pieces were there to do it. And yet they chose not to. Yeah. So like, this could have been a Mal- like a new Malcolm, new Ozzy. And I, I really think that he has all the tools. Like I would be happy to see his, I, I guess knock on wood that he doesn't come off like a total douche next week, but barring that would totally be open to, uh, to a Xander 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like, I don't really have a whole lot to say on Xander. He's the one I have eliminated. I would be and watch him win. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, 
I just, I really, truly do not see it. And if he wins, I would be like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if he wins, we have a really hard conversation to have on the next episode for us because it's just like what what matters now and what doesn't matter yeah is it totally new era like what what do we what do we value in an edit anymore yeah 100 agree there uh any other thoughts on xander nope jump to danny rest in peace uh i think i can i i I think he's the best professional athlete we've ever had. Um, I think he's the highest placing first time professional athlete we've ever had. And sounds right. right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hopefully it's right. Um, And I think he played really well. Like I said, that go Cowboys moment was amazing. Really wrapped the episode up. Yeah, uh, yeah. a good character. I think we sort of struggled with the attention they were giving him at times or lack of it. And I think it ended up being about right. Like, it does (laughs) feel very like Ashley from Triple H in that it's sort of this side character who still has a lot of good things to say, is often a good narrator. Like, I think they, they did him good justice. And sure, it wasn't someone we could often consider for winners. It made for an interesting one once our winner contenders started going but yeah i think i'm pretty good at it all around yeah i think so as well and i mean i think you could give him a little bit more earlier on like but I mean, really, he was only not there a couple times. Like, maybe some of those merge episodes give him, like, a confessional here or there. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, you knew who Danny was. You knew what he wanted. You understood his viewpoint and everything like that. That amazing episode, I think, last week uh, or or maybe the week before that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, all things considered, I mean, amazing character would happily see Danny Mm -hmm. 2.0. I think he really showed, like, a lot of skill and... He always seemed to have good connections with people. And to me, it looks like they made the right choice. Like the jury seemed genuinely sad that he was leaving. I don't know if that's more because they wanted to see Deshaun go instead, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe, maybe, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I I feel like he looked like somebody who could actually have won in the end. You know what I mean? Like on the beach. Um, and it looked like he, he was probably going to win in some, a lot of universes. You know what I mean? Like if you go back to the final eight and, and replay those a couple times, like maybe if Nasir doesn't go, maybe, maybe Danny's the winner. Like, I think that's a decent kind of trajectory. Um, but overall, like it's a good story. Like I loved him and Deshaun's relationship, uh, and having it go down the way it did, I thought was great with a tie. I also want to give some shout out to, I feel like this is the first season where all the split votes have actually been done correctly. I feel like normally it's like, I feel like normally it's like a go-to for our podcast. Whenever there's a split vote we're like, what were they thinking? But this time it actually made sense. They split the vote correctly. It's probably mostly Ricard. He's been in charge of all these, it seems. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so good on that. Um, any other thoughts on Danny? I don't think so. Rest in peace, King. Yep. Um, I, I need to watch the Ponderosa. So, for context viewers, I never watched the Ponderosas until this episode, basically, uh, just because, you know, some or secret scenes or anything like that. And this week till finale is when I go and binge them all, basically, because for me, they're completely outsider to Edgic. Like, they're just like, I, I feel like if I wa- really paid attention to the secret scenes, I would be even better at Edric, you know, like, because you can mm-hmm. usually tell if somebody gets, like, a glowing, amazing thing that, you know, they're probably not winning. Yeah, and um, I will say, I didn't watch them, but apparently 
I've heard there are a lot of secret scenes that provided interesting context on these characters. And mm. I tried to judge without that. But, but yeah, I definitely get doing it, especially after we record for this last episode, because I don't want any of those scenes to come back totally. and, and have any input on what I'm saying. So yeah, but... and they can poison you either way, right? Like they can totally mm. bring you to the right destination or the wrong one. So I always try to do like a completely pure experience. And after, you know, 10 minutes from now, when I turn off the recording, that's when I'm going to go back and watch all these things. And I'm super hyped to see Danny at Ponderosa, personally. I think it's going to be a, a fun time. I always love those videos. And it's fun being able to just watch them all in one giant uh, spree. So um, let's go for predictions here. Where we think this season's going to go. But mm -hmm. first, we got to go for the MVP and LVP of this week. Joe, who's the MVP this week? Uh... I don't know. It's so hard because <laughs> I felt like this episode was really going one of two ways, I guess. From what we're seeing, it feels like Xander. Like, Xander has an idol. Xander is a physical threat. Like, he should be targeted, and yet he's not. Yeah. I. It's so good that I feel like there must be something else we're not seeing. My vote is Erica, just because, I mean, the episode tells us Danny leaving is only good for her. That's I don't know if that's true. That feels suspect to me, but uh, it told us that, so I'll take their word for it. LVP, Joe. Uh, Deshaun. How come? I just think, I don't know, his, we didn't talk about it ever throughout this, but his truth kamikaze at Tribal telling Erica that she needs to go after Heather was such a weird choice because I don't know what his goal was. Like, they explained a lot of it in that moment being like, yeah, if Erica doesn't want Heather in the finals, maybe it's you, Deshaun. <laughs> um, or just talking about how they both might have that plan. But I always thought like, so if you're voting for each other, Danny and Deshaun, like, it's your idea that Heather will come up to you and strike up a plan is like your last mm. best bet. Like, I mean, I guess she has precedent to try to mix things up, but yeah, she does. Seems really risky to do. Yeah, I, I think that's why I have Deshaun. I, I think that's totally talked to was like Deshaun, such an idiot, so bad, and like sounds like you're in alignment there. I was like, what's he like? He's yeah, just I in case he had like found an idol and assumed Deshaun was going, and therefore yeah, didn't I think play Danny's it. just more of a jury threat. You know, like yeah, if you're this four and you're like, if one of these folks on the bottom happens to win out who's the threat that's what you're calculating nothing else matters so deshaun mm -hmm. honestly coming off like a little bit of a fool at tribal if anything is probably more of a reason he's there you know what I mean? if they're making that call at tribal the guy yeah. word vomiting and, and and failing that way is actually the better person to keep so in a way, coming off like a clown at Tribal, it could be the MVP move of the week. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think it helped to keep him there, but I think long-term it doesn't it look... Went, yeah, I got yeah. you there. And I would agree with that. If we're talking like long-term, I feel like I, I would agree with if your take is that it was bad because it hurts him in front of the jury, 100%. If it's it was bad because it made it more likely to go home, I think that's wrong. So mm. my LVP, I'm going with Ricard, who I don't think realizes was going home if he didn't win. And I think that's actually something we should have talked about when we got to Ricard. Ricard has this scene right after Xander's like plotting his demise, being like, mm -hmm. I just trust Ricard so much, or I just yeah. trust Xander so much. And you're like, oh, he doesn't realize that they are like at his throat. Cause hot take Joe, Ricard should have flipped on Erica or Heather or something. Like he should have gone to Deshaun and Danny. Cause if he's winning no matter what, he doesn't care who he's there with. So go. Go to Danny and Deshaun, get Erica out, 
or Xander out, realistically get Xander out so you can win out and win the game. Well, yeah, I think if your idea is that you're winning no regardless, you want to get out physical threats. And yeah. Danny and Deshaun are fine without rocking the boat in any sort of way. Like, yeah, Danny and Deshaun just don't want to leave, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's all they care about. Ricard should only care about getting the most physical person out of the game. That's very clearly Xander. Wait, no, I think it's <laughs> Deshaun. You think, I mean, and Xander's I, one too, hasn't he? Sure, but I think it's a combination of their physicality plus it does, it doesn't rock the boat for Ricard. Especially if he's saying he trusts Xander. Like, okay, yeah, from if you think so okay yeah so if you think you can trust xander you're right voting out of danny or deshaun is smart the okay. issue is that's yeah. a long read mm-hmm. in see. actuality he should be i mean obviously this requires being able to read through somebody but ricard should be able to know that xander wants him out which changes to what he should do he should actually go hey deshaun and danny they're voting you out i'm gonna flip with you let's vote out xander that gives ricard a much clearer path to the end because he doesn't care who he's there with he can beat danny and deshaun he can beat erica or heather he can beat xander who cares he just can't let them vote him out so he needs to kill xander here and i think that might be a all-time flop if ricard if xander wins the next immunity challenge i think that is a all-time failure from ricard i guess i'm less like there's always a certain hierarchy to who could win immunity challenges like i think it can be anyone's right day so i feel like ricard's i thought process is really he does need to win out regardless like and if there's this inkling of a chance that if he's built up this really good trust with xander that could benefit him the best if he does have, somehow lose one like that's it's best to just vote out danny and deshaun and go with the plan as opposed to trying something having it fail because ultimately there's still these three votes and um and yeah like then he's in a worse place socially as well as like needing to win out everything i i yeah like i mean it's not perfect and like i don't know but i think i think i'm i think i'm settling with that opinion i think ricard fucked up here okay and yeah uh because even if xander is loyal to you you want you want to win those challenges like the minute you hear people saying like you're the mega threat who's gonna win i think you have to assume everyone's voting you out that'd be my that's my vote but yeah okay joe where do you think this season's going i think that ricard's Deadzo's at five. I think that we're gonna get a maybe Xander brings Heather, Erica Deshaun fire. The winner is the winner of that. Hmm. And who do you think that'll be? Erica. Okay. I think I'm gonna make a bold, wild hot take based on your theory and i think xander is going up five i think ricard wins and there's some advantages about some bullshit that he goes out at five and then fire making ricard loses and against whom well that's i don't want to decide that erica because erica wins erica still manages to not split her votes with heather and just gives a better performance than deshaun so that's an erica heather deshaun final three and what's the jury vote look like um hmm I bet, like, Deshaun gets Danny's vote. Um, I feel like Erica gets most of the Yasa vote. Probably Ua, too. I could see Shan forgiving Deshaun and switching, but I think with that, like, Nasir might give his vote to Deshaun. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. I think in my, so what, I have Xander heather erica uh i think xander gets tiffany evie danny and then i think erica gets deshaun i I think erica gets the rest okay yeah Hmm. it'd be like 
I don't even know, five three, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my take there. Uh, so we both have Erica winning. I think we both have Deshaun next. And do we have all? Do we have? I think we both have the same list. It's Erica, Deshaun, Ricard, Heather, Xander, right? Yes, that is correct. Would you put mysterious twists introduced new person above or below Xander? <laughs> Uh, above yeah um perfect so that's our show um our penultimate episode as well um for this season it's been a blast um definitely reach out to the reddit comments uh mm-hmm. subscribe so next season you don't miss us and uh also next week you don't miss us mm-hmm. um on any podcast or spotify pocket casts wherever you get your podcasts uh we are there apple podcast some people still use iphones wild um other than that you can email us at the winner at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter at danny kills bees um i've been not tweeting ever so i'm not a great follow and if you were um, watching closely and other than that was a clue so got yep. the million dollar check written already Bye. i mean I'm, I'm the winner my wife and kids have definitely saved me from my demons last time i played like a cop this time I'm playing like a criminal. I don't need to be carried. Ralph are coming together and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can and then we're devouring them. I guess my nickname's Fabio. Each new day I get out here is a blessing because I was only supposed to get three. So I'm either gonna win